Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 6. Here's Pastor Ryan. Baptism is so important and such a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful display of of a person's faith in Jesus and what he's done in their life. So if you haven't gotten baptized, please get baptized. Amen? Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles, please, this evening to 2 Chronicles chapter 6. We'll be beginning in verse 32. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 6 beginning in verse 32 and uh, give me an amen once you are there and so father we thank you again this evening for your wonderful love towards us lord you are kind and you are loving and you are merciful and every single day of our lives your loving characteristics your attributes are there for us to receive And so, Lord, tonight we just receive your love and we receive your kindness, Lord. And and we just pray that you would pour out your grace upon our time, Lord. It is only by your spirit by which we can see and learn and grow. And so, Father, we just pray, pour out your grace. Pour out overflowing your spirit here tonight, Lord. May it be all of you and for your glory and not me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say amen. All right, so as we know, it's the big celebration in Jerusalem. Finally, the new temple has been built. King Solomon has accomplished it. And um, he's right smack in the middle of his prayer of thankfulness to the Lord. And so he kind of stopped right in the middle of his prayer. But the Lord has kept his word that he had promised to his father, King David. As you know, David wanted to build God a temple. But the Lord said no because he was a man of war. But yet God was so blessed at the sentiment that he promised that uh, in his bloodline there would always be uh, someone on the throne. And and that would take us all the way down to Jesus Christ, our, our Lord and the Messiah of Israel. And so the promise of the temple being built to his son has been accomplished and um, all, the, all of Israel, all the elders, all the, the chiefs, all the priests and the Levites, they've gathered in uh, at the temple, at the courtyard, and uh, they're watching and they're listening to Solomon as he's really on his knees with his hands raised up to the Lord on this platform that he built so they all could see him there in the outer court. And uh, he's praying and they're listening and they're watching him. And he's asking God to hear the prayers of his people and of himself. And, 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 and he's asking for various things as we talked about last week, but um, it, it is, oh Lord, that you would you would you would hear and that you would respond with forgiveness and healing and and uh, blessings and and so that's the 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 basis of the prayer. Just really asking God that He would uh, bless everyone who comes to the temple in order to seek His face. And so we're right in the middle of the prayer. It says here in verse thirty-two. Moreover, concerning a foreigner. 
who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray in this temple, then hear uh, from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth, of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. And so Solomon is in a very good place. His heart is overwhelming, I mean overwhelmed, I should say, with the love of God, like the cloud of the Lord is upon the temple. God's, you know, manifestation of his presence is there. Uh, so thick, so rich, so beautiful that they could not continue uh, ministering there in the temple. And so Solomon's in a great place. And in, in that great place, his heart turns from his own people to the rest of the world. And that's a very beautiful thing for the believer. When we're in such a good place with the Lord, right? We're such a good place with, with the Lord. We're so filled with the love of God that our prayers take us to those that are outside of the faith, the, the lost world out there, and where we cry and say, Lord, Lord, bring them into your temple. And when they come, hear their prayers. It's a good place to be. We talked about it this past Sunday and how important it is that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. It's not just for the Jew, but for also for the Greek and the rest of the world. And our faith and the blessings that Christ gives to us, God desires that you and I be salt and light to the lost world, that others would see your blessing in Christ and say, I want that. I, I want to learn about that. And, and so Solomon is, is in a good spot. I mean, you know, the, the greatest commandments is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's exactly what Solomon the king is doing right here. And when foreigners come, and when strangers come from far distances from their country in here to this temple to seek you because of the things that they've heard about you, the great things, that when they come, Lord, bless them. When they come and they pray and they lift up their hands to you, hear them, hear their prayer, and Lord, answer them. And so it's a very beautiful kind of selfless thing that Solomon is, is doing, who's the king of the Israelites. Think about that. An Israelite here crying out for Gentiles to be able to come and learn of God. It's a good heart, right? It's a good, good place to be. Um, it is God's heart uh, for his people to be concerned with the foreigner and with the stranger. That, without a doubt, is Old Testament truth, New Testament truth. It's biblical truth. It is part of God's character is that his people have a care and a concern for foreigners and strangers. Now, that's a beautiful thing. But why would God have such a concern for foreigners and, and for strangers? Why would he have such a heart for them? Well, because all of us at one point or another, we're foreign to the Lord until we came to know him. We were strangers concerning the reality of 
Jesus Christ and faith in him and salvation through faith in him, before we were born again, we were, we were lost. But then God found us. We were found. And so God has a heart for strangers, for foreigners, because he's had a heart for all of us who were once lost. And so we need to have that kind of heart that God would be able to feel confident with you, with our church, to say to divinely bring people into our church, into this building, and know that they're going to be treated respectfully and with love and with acceptance. Why? Because one, there was a time when you first walked in to a church and heard the gospel and came to know Jesus. And God's, and we are hoping for the same thing today. We are hoping that people come with, with this Holy Spirit wooing, entice, enticement about, it sounds bad, but a wooing, if you will, that people are being wooed to come here, that we might show them the love of Christ and to bless them. Because we never know, you know, what future deacon, pastor, Children's ministry person may be coming through the door. And I love meeting new people, new families, because it, 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 it's uh, sky's the limit of, of what possibilities are coming through that door, what people God might send to bless his body here at Sweet Hills. Does that make sense? But God desires that we have this heart and this concern for the lost. And it goes back to the Old Testament, uh, through Moses in Leviticus uh, 19, verse 10. Write it down, please. Leviticus 19, verse 10. When it came to their, their um, harvesting their fruit trees, God said, And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord. Don't glean. Don't pick up the stuff that has fallen on the ground. Leave it there because a stranger, a foreigner might be hungry, the poor. And when they come by, let them uh, glean it. Let them pick it up. And so God had a sort of a just a taking care of the poor and the stranger and the foreigner way back there just simply by telling the Israelites, don't harvest all of your grapes. Don't take them all. Leave them for the stranger. And then in Leviticus uh, 19.34, and be, Leviticus is a, such a rich book, amen? It's, it's a rich book. But Leviticus 19.34 says, the stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, mind you, the strangers had to be willing to, um, and the foreigners had to be willing to live amongst them, right? It wasn't like, you know, that we should lack discernment, you know, and, and throw away stranger danger, right? So it's with discernment, it's with optimism, it's love believes all things until they show you something, you know, that's not good, you know, treat them very well. It is the love of Christ that compels people to give their life to Jesus Christ. It is the love of the body of Christ that really helped change my outlook on who God is. 
When I went to Costa Mesa, I thought for sure they're not going to accept me. I'm, I'm a guy from the barrio and there's just, I've done too much dirt. And, and, uh, and I was completely wrong because Pastor Chuck was a man after God's own heart. And, he, and it came from the top down where all of the people learned from the word of God to love like Jesus. And to love the sinner who comes in, the strangers and the foreigners. Because they're hearing about what God is doing and they're coming. And they loved my socks off, and I'm still here because of it. And it really expanded my view of who Jesus is and the love of Christ that can extend from people that you thought would never have anything to do with you, but yet they loved my socks off, and I loved them back. They taught me how to love. So many people, uh, we learn how to love in church, basically. We, we, un, we unlearn bad, uh, you know, uh, practices that we think is love and we learn through the word of God what true love is love is truth it's what it is it's kind it's gentle and all those things it's the word but the stranger the foreigner that dwells among you you know love him the Lord would tell them and in Hebrews 13 verse 1 and 2 write that down as well let brotherly love continue do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Man, can you imagine that? Just being cool and being hospitable and, and, and entertaining and blessing someone that you don't know too well, but you want to pour the love of Christ upon them, not knowing that, man, you, you, may, you may be eating with an angel. That's what the Bible says. That's what the word says. And that's what happens when brethren fellowship and get to know each other. You meet a bunch of angels, and I mean angels in the sense of sweet people, don't you? Sweet people. And, and that's how we get to know one another. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 9, Peter says, but the end of all things is at hand. Oh my goodness, that doesn't sound like a positive message. You know, oh my goodness. Imagine, let's close the book there. The end of all things is at hand. Let me just close right there. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. And for love will cover a multitude of sins and be hospitable to one another without grumbling. God commands us to be hospitable to one another. God commands us to get to know one another and to fellowship with one another and to receive the, the new people who come into our church because one day you, one, one day past, it was your first time at our fellowship. Everyone here had a day one, including me, right? Including me. I know the very first time it was me, Clarissa and Bobby from across the street. And her and I went knocking on doors to invite people. And it was our neighbor across the street, Bobby. Her, Bobby, and I did it for like six months or something. And then I think Darlene came out of nowhere from Brooklyn. You know Darlene, Sister Darlene? We all had a day one. You know, especially because it was in my home. And I thought, my goodness, you know, some crazy person can come into my home. And how I had to pray through that. And say, well, if I'm doing this by faith and I got to trust that God, you won't send a serial killer to my house. And, uh, 
And it's been cool all the way through. I think I can think of one guy that kind of sketched, you know, sketched us out. It was, he came in pretty crazy. He was on something. And, but thank God he left that night and never came back. And, but he, he, what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's a step of faith. It's risky. That's the word. To trust, to love the stranger, the foreigner. But that's God. And this world will get us spinning out of control to not trust anybody. That, you know, if the serial killer lives next door, don't open your door, don't have fellowship, come in, come out, come in, come out. I think the enemy wins when we have let the world creep into the commandments of the Lord about receiving the stranger, receiving the foreigner, fellowshipping with one another absolutely i get it we all we all had to be careful when the news of the covid hit and all that i get that but it was so long and one of the driving forces that that shepherded us back to the church was my goodness i i have I can't, i'm not minister, i can't minister that way to anybody and so we had to come back. We had to come back. And we came back. And if you think of Psalm 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil running down the beard of Aaron. And oil in the Bible is so uh, significant when it comes to healing. Yeah, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit heals, doesn't he? But he also, it, 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 it's soothing it's healing. It, 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 it's, it's how wounds are, 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 are bandaged and, and it's how we become strong again. And I know the enemy knows this and that's why the Bible says he who isolates himself rages against all wise wisdom and seeks his own destruction. We can't be isolated. Don't let it ha- we can't let it happen again. We just can't. We gotta, we gotta stick together. And keep doing the work of the Lord. And it's risky. It was risky when we opened up our house. And, you know, I got a pretty wife there, man. And, and, but for the Lord, I, risk, I had to take that risk because I felt the calling was there. And it turned out pretty good. It turned out pretty good in the long run. We're still here. And, um, but the end of all things is at hand, is how Peter put it. The end of all things are at hand. Therefore, you know, have a fervent love for one another. And if you look at Hebrews 10, where it talks about not forsaking the assembling of one another, it says that much more that we, as you see the day approaching. What day? The last days. You know, there'd be arguments if it said, eh, we're in the middle of time or it's the beginning. So, you know, when you get around to it, it's like, no, it's because of the end times. Get together, get together. Be receptive to the foreigner. Have, look around. Who, who in the church is alone? Who, who, when someone comes in here by themselves, who is the, you know, young girls back there? Like, who is the, the, the person that no one's talking to, the girl that no one's talking to? Do we just continue talking amongst ourselves or do we try to find the kid that no one's talking to and say, aha, uh-huh, that's who God would talk to. The one that no one's talking to, that's who Jesus would sit by and talk to them and make them feel included. God is speaking. The sanctuary is a, is a place 
common area, you don't have to let the crazies in your pad. Let them here. They come here, love them here in the sanctuary. Don't leave. It's a ministry. Lord, I'm going to speak to two people, three people. Or Lord, I, Lord, I'm going to take some of the money you blessed me with. I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to take someone to lunch. A, a brother or sister I just met. I'm going to invite them to lunch. That's how the church gets strong. That's how a church grows. And we've been fed here for a long time. And we don't want to be like the Dead Sea that just intakes and intakes, and there's no outlet, and there's no outlet. In the foyer is a place where people can be healed and touched and blessed and spoken to out here on the basketball court. Just all of these grounds. God gave us these grounds so that you don't have to risk starting something up in your pad like I did 20 years ago. It's already been done. You can do it here and then you can go home. Maybe you don't got to open up a Bible study, but... You got to have someone over for dinner. You, you just, you got to. You have to. It's a good thing. I don't want to go too long without having people over at my house. Ever. You know, there's a lot of pastors that don't have anybody at their house. Pastors who preach and leave the back door. I think a pastor should be amongst the people. Pastor Chuck, after every service at Costa Mesa, stood out there until that line of people that wanted to talk to him were gone. He was a tough man, strong man. I'm a wimp, man. After two services, shoot. And he had three in the morning, a different study on Sunday night, thousands, 10,000. Uh, 10, so, like Jesus said in Luke 14, verse 12 through 13. When you have a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When you have a dinner, Jesus said. Not if, when. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Ryan, I'm just not that outgoing. You know, Christ came to not leave us the same way. You have social anxiety? So do I. And I'm right here. I'm pretty outgoing, but not all the time. Not 24-7. And sometimes the pastor job feels that way. And I think, oh my gosh. There's way too many people here. And I begin to freak out. But Philippians 4.13. What does that say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yep, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it ain't always easy. Trust me, I have bad days. But I think that God's going to bring some foreigners and some strangers into our midst. Or else he wouldn't be teaching us this. And it's time to, to cook some good stuff and get to know some people and 
you know, you might get surprised with the most amazing fellowship angels, man. Angels, I say. All right, so verse 34. When your, when your people go out to battle against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to you toward this city, which you have chosen, and the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. And so when your people go out that you've sent to battle the enemies, Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.